Welcome to Creepy Club. I'm Rissa. I'm Heidi. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things weird, creepy, spooky, ooky, and... Crimey. Crimey. Um, we're back. Yeah, <laughs> we had to take another hiatus. Sorry about that. <laughs> Hope everyone had a great holiday, whatever you celebrate. Um, yeah, I had... So in December, I got this job at the Fox in St. Louis working backstage for Wicked. The, the historic musical. Fox Theater. Yeah. Actually, pretty impressive gig. Yeah. Um, and so basically all I was doing in December was sleeping and working. I so. had a similar experience just for different reasons. Um, I am working on a design sprint, which is... For people who don't work on design sprint sprints, yeah, I have no idea what that could. Possibly yeah, that's be. okay. Um, we're just we're making some softwares, and it is. I'm doing. I'm the research research. Jesus, I can't talk. Why can't I talk? <laughs> um, I'm the research arm of this this project, mm-hmm. and so I have been up to my eyeballs and research and interviewing users and girl (laughs) it holy crap yeah yeah it's been crazy well now we're back yeah hopefully we haven't lost all of our audience (laughs) thanks for um nah (laughs) all the al's still listening who my friend Al. Oh, hey Al. She told yeah, hi Uncle Al. She likes to be called Uncle Al. Okay. Um she's definitely listening. I texted her the other day and she said, Hey, that's weird. I was just listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Aw, she's our number one fan. Well, thank you, Al. Yes, thank you, Uncle Al. You're the best. Here comes trouble. Yep, here comes Wads. Poor Wads. I practically knocked wadsworth unconscious on arrival (laughs) sorry wadsworth yeah well hopefully he won't step on anything important i mean i gotta say he doesn't really learn no i mean if he does he doesn't care you know what i mean no no he definitely doesn't um so things have been Things have been busy. You and I, in spite of the fact that we live 15 feet apart, I haven't even, like, seen you. Correct. Yeah. And you went out of town to visit family. True. I went to L.A. Mm-hmm. And actually, funny story, we went to this um, museum in Hollywood. Um, it was kind of like an old Hollywood museum, but it was a little weird, like... One level, or like hmm, half of one of the le- the ground level of this museum, was like old old Hollywood stuff, like Lucille Ball and Gilligan's Island and stuff like that. Kind of a random assortment of stuff, and then in the back of that same level, it was like the sci-fi room, but it was okay. Wadsworth, not <laughs> on my headphones. Wadsworth is trying to strangle himself, possibly. I don't know. Is he off his meds? <laughs> so, uh, anyway, 
it was such a weird assortment of stuff. And then in the basement, they had like the horror movie memorabilia. Mm-hmm. And they had the Annabelle doll. Ew. And I took a picture of it, and it's actually on our Instagram announcing that we were going to go on winter break. <laughs> I used that image that I took of her. Nice. So. I've been so busy, I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, I had a great LA trip. I wish I'd done more creepy things, but, you know. Well, family. Yeah. What are we going to talk about this week? Well, so I started talking about the women of Juarez, and as I mentioned 12 times already, I've been crazy busy, and that is going to require, it's, it's a heady case. There's a lot of twists and turns there, and I want to give it uh, its due diligence. Yeah, because I feel like there is a story to tell for the victims. And there's a lot of corruption. There are many victims and many stories. And I'm obviously not going to be able to tell every single story. But I don't want to share that story in a way that's really compact and make it seem like it's less than it really is because it's pretty significant so i've decided it's definitely still happening it's just not happening today so today we're gonna talk about a real son of a bitch named chris watts but first i have an update on creepster dojo pizza owner lauren cop uh-huh Remember when we talked about Dojo Pizza, that was the one where the guy had the, um, over in the Bevo neighborhood, he had, he was basically sex trafficking young folks. Right. And like, in quotes, had a school and, um, he was off for, okay, all the racket in the background. That's Wadsworth. Yeah. Getting into trouble is per usual. Or a ghost. Mm-hmm. It's a ghost. Anyway, so he got in a lot of trouble for trafficking young people. Um, and we do have a prior episode. Anyway, where we left off is that he hadn't been sentenced yet. Well, he has been now. Oh, good. Yeah. A little justice. I like a little justice. So I do have an update, and it's fairly recent. It was posted, let's see, December 27th. So really recently. Yeah. Yeah, he just, ugh, creepy-ass bastard. I I still want to kick myself every time I think about this, because when I met him, I was like, something's weird about that guy. Right. And I was like... Oh, Heidi, not everybody who, you know, is a man and interested in children is some kind of pedophile. I, like, admonished myself. Um, I mean, not that I would have suspected he was going to be that disgusting. Right. Uh, And I don't really know what I could have done about it necessarily, but I just, every time I think about it, I'm like, ugh. 
always trust your instincts. That's the message for today. <laughs> so the article says, ex-Dojo Pizza owner Lauren Kopp, who sexually abused multiple girls for years, was sentenced today for 65 years in federal prison. Which, oh, that's good. That's like a life sentence, right? Well, he's already in his... I would say, I don't recall his exact age, but judging by his photograph, he's definitely at least mid-late 40s. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's until he's dead. Yeah. Or, you know, shitting his pants. I mean, does he have the possibility of getting off for good behavior or something like that? Well, you know, there's that whole thing with like prison years and actual years. Yeah. Not being the same. I don't totally understand that. Right. And maybe a listener who is um, a criminologist can enlighten us because you do get, well, there's like consecutive sentences. So if, say, you got convicted of armed robbery, kidnapping, and I don't know stealing a car right mm -hmm. and individually each of those sentences was like 20 years 50 years five years they would run them consecutively so the, it's not like they add them all together for a total number of years yeah you're serving the sentences all at the same time mm -hmm. which from a victim's point of view doesn't really seem very fair yeah yeah, so I'm sure that um, I, my internet can write pause at 12.20. Okay. Okay, so anyway, the whole consecutive sentencing versus total of sentences, I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not a lawyer. I don't <laughs> get why that is. He is, he was convicted of eight of nine charges that include production, attempted production, and possession of child pornography. Mm -hmm. um, so it didn't go too well for him. And it says, and he's not that bright because at one point there was quite a bit of damning evidence. Um, the FBI, so it started in 2015 was when the he was raided in October 2015. And he, he was let go within a couple days. And then later, they came back. The FBI searched the building multiple times and he was arrested six months later and then he had a 10-day trial in april 2018 2018 rather anyway at one point they offered him a plea deal that was 20 something years and he passed mm. oh yeah cop had previously rejected a plea deal that would have come with a recommended 20-year sentence Hmm. Yeah. And then it says, in the days before today's hearing, he filed a request to resurrect that sentence. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
Prosecutors fought the request, noting it was only offered to prevent the girls the pain of testifying. Um, Flysick, the prosecutor, rejected his request, telling him it was her intent to impose what is essentially a life sentence. Yeah. So, fuck that guy yeah. is basically the end of the story. Mm -hmm. um, and these poor girls are in bad shape. Mm. Uh, it says, and then, so he was married. And at the end of the article, it says, even after her cop was charged, Julie Cop says she was unable to speak to the girls because there was a possibility she would testify against her ex-husband. But that restriction evaporated with cop sentencing. Moments after the former pastor was led away, she eagerly awaited on an elevator that would carry her to the floor of the courthouse where the girls and the mothers had gathered. I've got a little girl I've got to talk to. So I don't, it doesn't sound like she ever testified against him, but it doesn't sound like she was necessarily supportive in the end. Right. Which that's good because yeah. he sounds like he sucks. Right. Anyway, we promised an update when we had one and that's it. Audrey Fleisick, who was the U.S. District, oh, I'm sorry, she wasn't the prosecutor, she was the U.S. District Judge, uh, said these are among the most heinous crimes in our society. So she was not a big fan. Not a big fan at all. For sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so fuck that guy. And we've got a new, a new one. You're not going to feel much different about him. Cool. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. So, Chris Watts, married, two children, one on the way. Um, so, he, he had two children and one on the way. Correct. He was married to... Wadsworth, please. Why, why must you do this to me? <laughs> I believe her name is Shannon. Yes. So, he was married to a woman named Shannon... And um, he worked at a, um, it says, a, a rural, rural oil battery. So some sort of, I don't know, oil field. What the hell does that mean? I don't. Really, it doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't really matter. He lived in frederick colorado and his wife shannon was i believe five months pregnant and she was in some she sold some multi-level marketing product i don't recall the name of anyway she had been on a business trip with her best friend and she came home she arrived home really late it was like two o'clock in the morning um, anyway, on the surface, they look like a very, look like nice, happy family. Uh, both the girls, Cece and the other Bella, Bella and Celeste, who went by Cece, um, they were, I want to say like maybe three and four super cute little girls and i think she was five months pregnant and that baby's name 
It's going to be a boy. So here's a picture of him and his daughters. Oh, yeah. Looks super suburban, normal. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing looks like it would be going weird here. Um, but. But. <laughs> so his wife comes home at two o'clock in the morning. And then the next morning. What was she doing out that late? She was coming home from a business trip. Oh, okay. Right. So the next morning he got up and went to work. And the best friend, whose name is Nicole. There's two Nicoles in the story. Okay. Sorry about that. Not my <laughs> choice. Um, Not my choice. 19- <laughs> 47 it keeps the internet is like acting goofy oh okay um august 13th is when shannon's friend nicole n-i-c-k-o-l-e nicole atkinson drops shannon s-h-a-n-a-n-n why (laughs) why can nobody just spell their name in the usual way anyway Drops her off at her home after taking a business trip together. And they sold, I don't know, some MLM wellness thing. Nine o'clock in the morning, Shannon, who is 15 weeks pregnant, misses a doctor's appointment. 1.37 in the afternoon, her best friend, Nicole, calls 911 to report that she can't reach Shannon and says that It's unlike Shannon, a person who's very active on social media, to be unreachable. She also didn't answer the door for her friend. That seems a little too hasty, right? Maybe. Okay. Well, if she's selling an MLM, she probably was all up in the social media. Yeah. And also, to miss a doctor's appointment, I don't... It doesn't say whether her friend was going with her to the appointment or not. Right, that's what Because I mean. the husband went to work, right? So maybe her friend was going to go with her. I oh. couldn't find anything that said one way or another. Gotcha. 15 weeks pregnant's pretty early along. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, it, I think it was more intuition than anything that prompted her mm-hmm. because it just wasn't like Shannon to be non-responsive. Gotcha. And so the police department arrives. It, they're dispatched. They can see that Shannon's car's in the garage. And through a window into the home, they can see that her favorite shoes are also visible. Okay. So their neighbor, Nathan, who Trinistich offers up surveillance footage. Police watch it with Chris Watts present. By this time, he's been notified that her whereabouts are unknown. And it reveals that the only person seen leaving the home was Chris and that he was loading up his truck with something. Oh. Mm-hmm. So August 14th, 2018... Colorado Bureau of Investigation begins an endangered missing alert for Shannon and her daughters. 
So now it's been a full 24 hours that they're meeting. Like a good dad, he goes on TV on the local news station and pleads for his family to return. Oh, wait. So all, so all the kids are missing, too. Mom and kids. Mom and kids. Okay. I didn't mm-hmm. catch that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So she's missing. Kids are missing. Because remember, dad went to work. Gotcha. Probably not taking the kids to the oil field. No. Uh-huh. I have not. So he goes on the news and he's like, please come home. Um, One of the investigators said that she thought the way that he conducted himself in the interview was unusual and wanted to get him into an interrogation room like stat. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So they bring him in and he's questioned. He, of course, says, I know nothing about their uh, disappearance. But the whole time that he's discussing this with the investigators, he's speaking about them in past tense as if they were already dead. Uh, mm-hmm. Not good. Then they start inquiring about their relationship. You want to take a guess? Uh, he says it's been going well or he's cheating on her. Both. <laughs> Great. Bingo. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he says he's not cheating. Definitely not cheating. I'm an awesome husband and father. We had a happy marriage. But then investigators start poking around in his phone and computer records. Is he cheating with Nicole? And he's having an affair with a woman named Nicole, but not the oh. same Nicole. Okay, good. Well, this is not good, but... N-I-C-H-O-L. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make it as... So, Kessinger. So, Kessinger is the woman he's having the affair with. The other Nicole is Atkinson. So we'll just call them Atkinson and Kessinger. So Atkinson is friend. Yeah. Right. Atkinson's the best friend. August 15th, 11 a.m., Chris shows up. He's summoned to the police station for a polygraph test. And, like, all grown men brings his daddy, (laughs) who flew in. Why? I feel like I've heard this before was there another case that you covered was uh-huh. it the, was it the um it was the one in illinois it was yes. the pastor's son yeah and he brought his dad to yes something? he also brought his dad <laughs> he he called his dad from the lawn after he slayed his family yeah okay yeah yeah he's like on the lawn and he had remember it was um it was chris Chris Coleman, I think, was his name. Yes. Yep. And he was part of, connected to Joyce Myers Church in some way. Yep. Anyway, yeah, that time he was gone for like 10 seconds and he alerted the police and said, I'm concerned about my wife. And he hadn't even been gone in an hour. Yeah. And he had those fake um, mysterious man threaten. Oh, yeah. Yeah, left the weird stuff in the mailbox. Anyway, anyway, so... Anyway, so... This I don't know, this is maybe a pattern. Yeah. So they put the dad in another room while Chris takes the polygraph test. And he does not pass. 
Mm-hmm. Although science tells us polygraph tests are not bulletproof. Right. Okay. So. But still not a good look. Doesn't look great. In the meantime, investigators are doing their thing, and they find a white sheet oh. and an area where the ground and the dirt are disturbed in mm-hmm. a site near where it the in oil field and a darko oil where he works uh-huh so it's a site near where he works yeah on their pro- on their property just not the site he was currently working on gotcha so he's getting the polygraph dad's hanging out with <laughs> in a different room and they're like oh look at this we found a sheet and possibly a fresh grave mm. and that surveillance video the only person who left was Chris, who was loading something into a truck. Interesting. It's not looking good for him. Mm-mm. So around four, one of the investigators suggests to Watts that maybe his wife did something to the children. Okay. Is he just trying to get him to talk or something? Or Yeah. Yeah. So he asked to speak to his dad. And okay. they let him, which is a little surprising. Is his dad a lawyer or something? Or we don't know. No. Okay. But they knew it was a risk to let his dad come in while they were questioning him. Mm-hmm. But they thought that it might be be the thing that makes the dam break right yeah so while his dad's in the room he admits to killing his wife oh i mean not that i'm surprised but like that's surprising to like i don't know he's like denying it denying it okay dad hey dad right well plot twist he says his wife murdered the girls oh wait so he's saying that wife murdered girls, he murdered wife? Right. Okay. We don't believe him. Not really. I mean, I don't believe him. I think that's wise. Mm-hmm. So that, but what happens is because he admits to killing the wife, that gives them like the green light to go looking for bodies. Yeah. Okay. So... Chris tells the investigators where he hid the bodies and where they're located Mm -hmm. precisely. Why? Yeah. I mean, like, obviously he, obviously he did the killing of everybody. Like, I guess the spoiler, but like, what was his reasoning by saying like, Like, why didn't, if, okay, let's entertain the idea that his wife did kill the children. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't he just go to the police right then? I mean, was he trying to say, like, self-defense or, like, I don't know. What do you think? He doesn't really say much. I watched a video interview of him, and 
remember that book that we read about sociopaths, the yeah. science of evil? Yeah. Having no empathy? Yeah. He's about as flat as you can get. Man. He doesn't emote. It's a real shame that those people procreate. <laughs> it's a real shame that they look as normal as they do. Yeah. I mean, because his wife, very attractive lady, he's an attractive guy. He's, you know, working in an oil field. They've got a nice big house, cute kids. Yeah. You know, from the curb, nobody would ever suspect that anything is going poorly. Right. You know, everything looks like it's great. They've got two kids and one on the way. And, um, you know, it's not like you sort of have these images of people who are sociopaths, like either conjures up this kind of Ted Bundy thing where you've got this lone wolf or that it's going to be some sort of disheveled guy in a white panel van. Yeah. You know, it's one or one or the other. Mm -hmm. So the investigators go out to the oil field where he works and what he had done with the bodies of the children. Oh, okay. If this is, this is your warning. If hearing about stuff about kids is too much this is probably your time to tap out mm. i mean like for the rest of the episode oh god so what he did is separately he put each child in an oil tank oh like a drum yeah like a large one like open the hatch and drop them in oh my gosh mm-hmm Oh, you mean like, I'm having trouble picturing an oil tank, like what that would be. So, you know how people have like a propane tank, like that kind of large tank? Or like a septic tank? Bigger. Okay. And vertical instead of horizontal. Okay. Yeah, so it's a very large, probably more, size more like a grain silo versus a propane tank. Big. Gotcha. And so... And is it full of oil? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he dumped his kid's body... Yeah. ...in a giant vat of oil, of petroleum. I wonder what that does to a body. Like, does it just... I mean, the, I don't they weren't in there good. for very long, but... No, I certainly don't think it's going to preserve it. Yeah. I don't think it's good. Yeah. I mean... Oil's pretty gross, and it's, I'm sure, unrefined at that point. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, for whatever reason, he buried his wife. I don't know if it was the size of the hatch. You know, the hatch oh, might yeah. have been kind of small. She might have, it might have not been large enough. Yeah. Or she may have been, you know, she was an adult woman. I don't know if he had to go up a ladder or something to get to... Like, you know how they have the ladders? On, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the ladders that are like too, attached on the side. To carry up there. Yeah, I she might have been too, might have been too much for him. He might not have been hitting the gym enough. <laughs> Jesus. Uh-huh. Uh. So, August 16th, they retrieve the bodies, and he goes for his bond hearing. 
Um, and the woman he has an affair with says, I don't think the media is going to portray a very nice picture of me. Well. And Chris asks if he can FaceTime her. What? Like, ask the officers? Mm-hmm. Like, privately or, like, while they're watching? Uh, it doesn't say. Okay. So, she says that the conversation made her uncomfortable because the sheets were missing from her bed and because of Chris's fixation on her. Oh. So, he hasn't yet admitted to killing the children. He's still, at that point, saying that Shannon killed the kids. He killed Shannon. So... I don't know if maybe he's trying to sell the story that he killed her in an act of rage because she killed the kids and then he didn't know what to do. Um, but he hasn't yet admitted that he actually killed all of them. And he doesn't do that until he's officially charged. He's officially charged in the middle end of August, but it isn't until November that he actually admits to it and pleads guilty to avoid the death penalty. Oh, so does he have like a plea deal that if he admits to killing the kids, then he doesn't get the death penalty? Right. Yikes. Mm-hmm. So he gets, in mid-November, he's sentenced to three consecutive life sentences. Mm-hmm. And then in December... Um, He's transferred out of Colorado for safety reasons to a maximum security prison in Wisconsin. Oh. Then February 18th, 2019, in a final follow-up five-hour-long interview with investigators in prison, Watts confesses for the first time to everything. He not only goes into detail about how he killed his wife, but he revealed how he killed his children. Oh, my God. Right. And so that's part of what I watched. This was um, what I went over was a timeline of the investigation. Yeah. And so I've got some other references, some from the woman he was having an affair with. um, And then some where he talks about what actually happened the night that he killed her. Um, he... Okay, what time is it? Pause. Okay. So when he finally gives us confession in prison, he talks about what happens after she gets dropped off. Okay. So she gets dropped off at like 2 o'clock in the morning Right. And when she arrives home, here's a picture of them together. So she's... Oh, she's really pretty. Yeah, super pretty lady. And he definitely does not look like someone who would murder three people. No. So she comes home. They have sex. Oh. Yep. And she falls asleep. Then... When he's getting ready for work, he wakes her up. And when she wakes up, she's laying on her back and he straddles her to talk. And she tells him, like, be careful because he could be hurting 
the baby. The yeah. baby she's carrying. Right. And then she tells him she knows there's someone else and starts crying. Oh. And he initially denies the affair with Kessinger and um, tells her he didn't think that their marriage was going to work out, tells her he doesn't love her anymore, and then she retaliates and says she's going to keep the children away from him. Wow. And says, you're never going to see the kids again. You're never going to see them again. Get off me. Don't hurt the baby. So oh my gosh. that's what... That's the conversation that they had right before he strangles her. And he says that she never screamed or fought back and believes she may have been praying as he took her life. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. So he's he's admitting all of this? Uh-huh. Wow. Mm-hmm. So then he, like, wonders aloud while he's being questioned as to whether or not he had planted the seed of murder in his mind before that morning. Oh, my gosh. He says, every time I think about it, I'm just like, did I know I was going to do that before I got on top of her? Wow. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a weird way to, like, talk to your wife. <laughs> Straddle her. Well, I mean, a pregnant lady in particular yeah yeah i mean even at 15 weeks you're already starting to show and you're uncomfortable yeah like get the fuck off yeah yeah so he says that the noise from strangling shannon may have woken bella oh god who walks into their room and she's holding a blanket mm. and asks what's wrong with with yeah. mom and he oh, tells baby. the little girl mommy don't feel good yeah that's for sure so he wraps his wife's body face down in a bed sheet and then the little girl watches him drag shannon down the stairs oh my god and starts to cry and is asking what's wrong with her and he just keeps repeating that she doesn't feel well but he also says that his daughter's a smart girl and knew what was going on. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty intuitive. Right. And then that surveillance footage, remember the neighbor offered up some surveillance uh, footage? Yeah. So surveillance footage from outside a neighbor's home captured Watts backing his truck into the driveway as his home and s some of his movements back and forth as he loaded his wife's body into the vehicle. Wow. Nightline obtained police body footage camera that shows an officer, Watts' neighbor, Nathan Trinistich, and Watts watching the foot of footage at Trinistich's home the day Shannon and the girls were reported missing. Watts is obviously nervous in the footage. Uh. At one point, he's seen putting his hands on the back of his head. He also sways back and forth nervously. So the, um, the neighbor tells the officer... Quietly, after Watts leaves the room, he's not acting right. Mm -hmm. So the neighbor recognizes, like, something's, something's he's fishy like, here. Some shit went down. Yeah. So he takes the girls with him with mom's body in the truck. 
Oh my gosh. So they're alive still. They're still alive. I forgot. Oh no. Mm-hmm. So he's he has loaded he's loaded his wife's body into the truck while these kids are just like watching and crying. Yeah. Okay. So as he's um driving away, Bella and Celeste or Cece each have a blanket. Cece has a stuffed dog and they're like dozing off and on um as they go to the Indarco site where he works. And they held on to each other in their sleep and lay in each other's lap. Oh, my God. Right. Then Bella says, Daddy, it smells. Oh. So what had happened is that after or while Shannon was being strangled, her bowels evacuated. Right. As it happens. Yeah. So once at the tank battery, which I guess that must just be like a place where a bunch of tanks are. Yeah, that's all I can figure. Yeah. Anyway, so he takes his wife's body out of the truck and drags her over to where he's planning to bury her. And then the girls are asking, like, what are you doing? And he says he can't remember what he told them. Okay. Then once he gets back to the truck, he grabs the blanket that Cece's holding, puts it over her head, and strangled her in the backseat of the truck as her older sister sat next to her oh my god <sighs> poor babies mm-hmm. this is why i was like if you can't... really fucked up yeah he puts his hand over the her nose and mouth like the blanket over her head and her his hand over her nose and mouth and his other hand around the front of her neck and bella's like literally next to her as he strangles her and bella doesn't say anything when the investigators asked him, like, what were you thinking when it happened? He says, I wasn't thinking anything. If I had been thinking anything, none of it would have happened. Yeah. So once Cece's dead, he carries her from the truck over to the one of the oil tanks where he opens the hatch and drops her inside feet first. Closes the hatch and goes back to the truck. Bella asks what happens to her sister. And then says, is the same thing going to happen to me as Cece? Uh, what do you say? He says he can't remember if he responded and affirmed or not. And then he takes Bella's blanket and does the same thing to that one. And she screams, Daddy, no. And he remembers those being her last words. And the investigator said that they can tell she put up, like... A huge fight and it, the autopsy results show that she bit through her tongue multiple times Jesus so there was like a massive struggle and he told the investigators he could hear her grunt oh as he twisted her head back and forth under the blanket oh my god Ugh. yeah pretty disgusting gruesome mm-hmm so then he carried her to the second oil tank and dropped her inside. And for whatever reason, she was more difficult to get into the tank and he had to manipulate her to get her inside the tank. So after he disposes of his daughters, he goes over to where he intends to bury his wife and starts using a rake to clear away some 
weeds and the rake breaks and he leaves part of it there which shocker is later found by detectives right and then uses a shovel to dig her grave and buries her um and he says he did she wasn't bleeding or cut but he did notice her eyes were bloodshot yeah and then he took so it was like a yankees blanket and some other sports team blanket that the little girls had so he took that and his clothes and um dumped them into a construction dumpster in his own neighborhood on his way home from work the day that he committed the crimes I, yikes that's all i can say so there were some facebook posts tuesday afternoon where it says Ro rosenberg and atkinson mourn for their friend for bella and celeste rosenberg wrote that she suspected something was terribly wrong even before speaking to watts that horrible day his voice begging me not to call the cops still rings in my head. I'm so glad we didn't listen. I wish I could have done more or seen something sooner to save you all in some way. So her friend? Different friend. Oh. Atkinson was the one, the first Nicole. Right, okay. Was the friend, but so some, I don't, you know, it kind of seems to me, and I didn't find in any of the articles that I looked at, I didn't find anything that said that Shannon had told her friends that she was afraid of her husband or, you know, there were some indicators that the marriage was maybe not great and that um, things weren't going well. Well, I'm stuck on that part where you said the friend said that he begged her not to call the cops. So, like, she's missing... And her friends are probably calling her husband and they're like, oh, we should call the police if you don't know where she is. And he's like, no, don't do that. Yeah, that's what it doesn't say that explicitly, but that's all I can assume. Right. Because, I mean, like you said, when we were first talking about it, um, like, oh, well, calling the police seems like, I don't know, that seems maybe a little weird. Yeah. To call so quickly. So then the girlfriend of Christopher Watts eventually speaks out. So. It's Nicole number two. Yes, Nicole number two. Nicole with an H. It says the woman called police before Watts' arrest for murdering his wife and two daughters. So she never defended him. Good girl. Mm -hmm. her last name's Kessinger she had started dating him in July they worked together at the same company mm -hmm. and he had told her that he had he was in the process of a divorce that was nearly finished oh geez right and so to her he appeared to be this very soft-spoken man and thoughtful father who was, you know, just going through a tough time, was at the end of some divorce proceedings. And it wasn't until the wife and daughters went missing in August. So they had just started dating in July. 
Mm-hmm. So they hadn't been dating for very long at all. You know, they started dating in July. The wife and daughters went missing in August. So, like, max a month and a half or something. Jeez. Um, that's when she found out that there was no divorce proceedings and that his wife was 15 weeks pregnant, that he'd been lying to her for their entire relationship that was less than two months. And so she says she was never shocked by his arrest and she has ne- <laughs> never doubted that he killed his wife or two daughters. Oh, my God. Yeah. She's- and they quoted her saying, I don't think there's a large logical explanation for what he did. It's a senseless act and it's horrific. And she says in another quote, he lied about everything. So when she found out that he was married with a baby on the way and wasn't getting divorced, she was like, dude's just full of shit. Anything's possible. Yeah. Which good for her. Yeah, that's kind of awesome. Mm hmm. Um, so she wasn't initially named, um, but people had speculated about her relationship and then she was scheduled to appear in court for the sentencing hearing. So I think she decided to go public because she became known and her name got out on social media and she says, we had just met. I barely knew him. Yikesies. Right. They had been working in the same department. And they, like, every morning they would have, like, a, you know, stand-up meeting where everyone would gather, um, where the people, the field operators would gather and wait to be dispatched in the office and Kessinger would walk through that group that Watts was a part of to put her lunch in the fridge. Mm. And so then sometime in June, he stopped by her office to introduce himself. And then he started having casual conversations with him and he wasn't wearing a wedding ring. So she just assumed he was single. Slimy Uh dude. He did tell her he had two daughters, but he said he was separated in the end of divorce and at the end of divorce proceedings. Mm -hmm. They first met, it says they first met outside of work in late June. And she asked him some more questions about the divorce. And he told her the divorce was mutual and almost final. But they were just working at the finances. Yeah. And they began a physical relationship in early July and saw each other four to five times a week. She told him she wanted to take it slow and he should focus on helping his daughters adjust to the divorce. Yeah. She sounds like a good person. Yeah. I think she gets it. Yeah. Um, she said they never... Uh, at one point, she offered to help him find an apartment that would be good for him and his daughters, but they never personally spoke about long-term plans for their relationship. Mm-hmm. And she said that he was doing all the things that a rational man and a good father would do. Huh. And so she was just completely blindsided. Um and the day that the girls, the wife and girls disappeared, 
he texted Kessinger to say he was really busy and they chatted like normal throughout the work day. Oh my God. And then late that afternoon, he texts her and says his family was gone. What? Yeah. He told Kessinger that Shannon had taken the girls to a play date and had not returned. But she says he seemed like real casual, no emotion, like not worried and wasn't making a big deal about it. And then she found out that there were reporters at his home. And she's like, oh, shit. Uh, why would media be at his house? So wait, did she find out that he wasn't getting a divorce before this? No, she didn't find out until... Until shit the, went down. Until shit went down and oh, it was on the fuck. news. Right, so it wasn't until the night that um, the media announced that they were missing that she found out what had actually happened. Oh my god, can you imagine? No. <laughs> no, she said she was completely shocked and and they quoted her saying... I thought if he was able to lie to me and hide something that big, what else is he lying about? Yeah, girl. Mm-hmm. And she says um, they had this flurry of text and calls. He changes his story about his split with his wife. She, like, hits him with a million questions. Um, and she says something just seemed off. Mm-hmm. And then... The next day at work, she's pushing him to tell what he knew about their disappearances and asking him what he had done. Oh, yeah. And she said, it got to a point he was telling me so many lies that I eventually told him I didn't want to speak to him again until his family was found. Good. She said, I just wanted to help. With a pregnant woman and two children missing, I was going to do anything I could. Yeah, oh. Yeah, I, I like, like her. Yeah, I do too. She seems like a good, good person that mm -hmm. got fucked. She says, I just felt so, so sad. Since his arrest, she's never doubted that he killed him. The story that Watts told police that he killed Shannon after he saw her strangling one of the girls is a lie, Kessinger said. He's a liar, she said. He lied about everything. And I, yeah, and you said earlier that she was like afraid for her life. I totally would be too. Uh, it's fucking scary. Yeah, a little bit. Some other stuff from the investigation. This article is entitled The Most Disturbing Revelations from the Prosecution's Discovery Files. So three days after the murder, he's begging on TV for the safe return. Mm-hmm. Fails the polygraph test. We already knew that. Mm -hmm. um, he, oh, okay. So this one says he claimed he killed Shannon in a fit of rage after he caught her attacking their daughters. Okay. Yeah. And Watts said he had told Shannon during an emotional conversation that he wanted a separation. And he said she lashed out at the kids in revenge. Fucking scumbag. Mm hmm. November 24th, Weld County District Attorney released a 2000 page document known as the Discovery, the evidence against Watts. The file contained a massive trove of 
surveillance photos, search warrants, FBI interviews, text messages, call logs, police interviews with family and friends of Shannon and Chris Watts. Hmm. So he was having the affair. Mm-hmm. There are a ton of interviews, all of which can be seen on YouTube. Oh. Kessinger deleted Watts' contact info as well as her text and call logs from her phone before contacting local pol- police to disclose their f- affair. Um, there are photos of them. They used an app called Secret Calculator to send each other nude selfies, private messages, and more. They had exchanged I love yous. Oh. Watts is rumored to have had other extramarital affairs as well. They had not been verified. A male escort came forward to say he'd had a 10-month affair with Watts, and another woman claimed to have had a Tinder date with him. Hmm. Not surprising. Ooh. Well, so Kessinger claimed she didn't know Shannon Watts, but discovery shows that she Googled him more than the a year before the start of their affair. Oh, hmm. So. So she might not be telling the truth? Yeah. And then this, I know, now I'm not sure if I like her. It says. Oh, no. We preemptively. I know. We might have liked her too soon. It says Kessinger also conducted Google searches involving anal sex, wedding dresses, do people hate Am- Amber Fry, as well as phrases about Fry's... Who fucks Amber, Amber Fry? She was the mistress of Scott Peterson, who killed his pri- pregnant wife. What? Lacey Peterson. So she Wait, did she do this Google search after this whole shit went down, or is this before? Um, It doesn't say exactly when it happened, but I kind of don't think it matters. No, I mean, it, to me it does, because if it's before... I would assume it's before. Because if it's before, then she maybe had an inkling that he was going to kill his wife, right? But if she did it after, I could see that because she's like, oh, I'm the Amy Fry in this situation. Well, so she Googled Shannon Watts in September 2017, more than a year before the start of the fair. Okay. The Frederick Police Department... Before, to- wait, before even the affair started? Right. However, a record supervisor at Frederick Police Department told Crime Online this was a typo. It was supposed to be se- September 2018th. So, who knows? Okay. Hard to say. Maybe she did it after, maybe not. But she did also have these Google searches about wedding dresses, which... Why would you be looking up wedding dresses? Oh, come on. That's every every Tuesday night for a lady. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm just saying. As well as. F- I don't think that that's Phrases that about Fry's net worth and a book deal. That's fucked up. Okay. We don't like her anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm over her. Yeah. So Scott Peterson, he. He killed his wife, Lacey Peterson, in 2004. Gotcha. And Lacey was pregnant at the time she was killed. So, okay, yeah. 
She this this lady's not as innocent as we. I know she was so. I was really liking her for a minute there. After the Watts murders, but before the bodies had been discovered, Kessinger began searching for news about Shannon's disappearance. She deleted these searches afterwards, as well as searching for phrases like "Can cops trace text messages?" Mm-hmm. Shady lady. For his part, Watts googled when I when to say I love you. <laughs> when to say I love you for the first time in a new relationship. Oh no. What do you feel when someone tells you they love you? How does it feel when someone says I love you? Ooh, so that's like, really creepy. He has like, like no emotions at all. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like she said it to him and he was like, "Oh god, I'm a sociopath. What do I do?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right before the murders, she went to go visit some family in North Carolina and she sent some that was in July. So by July he was having the affair with Kess Kessinger. Is that her name? How'd I already forget? I don't know. Something like Kessinger. That. Yeah. I keep wanting to say Kissinger like Henry Kissinger. Yeah. So in in the text, she tells him, I know what's missing in our relationship, and tells him, emotion feel- emotions and feelings are one way. You're out there living a bachelor life, and I'm carrying a third, and fighting with our two kids daily, and trying to work and make money. Oh, okay. Right. This is the this is the wife talking to him. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And then she's asking him for basically like if you're done and you don't love me and you don't want to work it out, you need to tell me. Yeah. And then of course he says, No, I'm I'm just scared. She does confess to girlfriends that she suspected Chris was having an affair. And that she intended to fight for full custody of their kids if they divorced. Okay, now that makes more sense now. Yeah. So now I can understand why her friends were like, you need to call the fucking cops. Yeah. Um, And also the day of the murders, Watts pulled his daughters out of school. Hmm. And told the administrator they would no longer be attending. Oh. Also contacted a realtor saying he was selling the home. Wow, he's like down to business. Cold hearted. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's what's real gross. I'm going to end on this. Okay. Guess who gets lots of fan letters? Him. Mm-hmm. Man... That's like, that's a thing though. Like Charles Manson had that and yada, yada. I'm, I'm forgetting all the other examples, but that's a thing. I think there was a TV show about it even. I know. Maybe we should do an episode about that. Like what is that? What is it about people that makes them attracted? There, it says there's one woman who says she's serving a 13-year sentence for a high-profile financial crime. And they quote her saying, I feel this connection to you. 
because the coverage and the assumptions of you and your case make me irritated for you. And then goes into details about her physical self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then another woman sends a bikini shot. Oh, and of course he found God while he was there. Oh, yeah. I mean. God is always in those prisons. Mm-hmm. God is everywhere. Yeah. And at one point, he had pictures of his daughters hung up in his prison cell. Ew, dude. Come on. And he was reading books to them every night. Oh, God. Uh-huh. Oh, it's like so many levels of fucked up. Oh, God. Yep. So he says, where is it? I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So they ended up taking the pictures from him because you're not allowed to have pictures of your victims. Whether Oh wow, okay. I was I was expecting you to say pictures, period, but I I never thought in a million well, not in a million years. I'm saying that never occurred to me that that would be a thing. It makes sense. No, you can you're allowed to have pictures, you're just not allowed to have pictures of your uh, right. <laughs> your victims. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Never thought about that. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot this. So before he tried to kill Shannon, he tried to kill his daughters, but he fucked it up. What? He tried to kill them in their beds, but he, it's harder to smother someone than you think. Yeah. So... They survived the first attempt. Wow. Right. I'm confused about the timeline. So this was early morning before he goes to work, right? Right. And so he had already... You said that he went to his kids' school to check them out. Were they already at school? Or did he kill them and then go to the school and be like, oh, they're not coming in today? So it says, on August 13th, the day of the murders, the discovery shows that Watts called his daughter's school. Oh, okay, okay. So he didn't, he pulled the girls out of school. He Not physically, he called the school. Gotcha. And told the school they would no longer be attending. That makes sense. Which seems a little premature, yeah, dude. I mean, that's that seems dumb. I mean, if you're going to try to get away with it, you're like maybe wait a week. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's like, I can't be charged one more day. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have to pay. <laughs> yeah. Because seriously, if you're what trying to an idiot, yeah, like if you if if you're he's doing this whole thing on TV like oh they're missing please come home why would you unenroll them yeah i mean yeah and i would think like even like so let's entertain the idea that you know he didn't kill his children and his children went missing do you think the school would keep charging him like i i, I wouldn't think that they would and they weren't gone for very long. I mean, you know. I just feel, as a parent, if my child was missing, 
that would be the last thing on my mind, right? I really don't think enrollment would be top of mind. Right. Or, sell, or calling a real house. estate agent. <laughs> yeah. And he told the real estate agent that he was thinking about downgrading. He wanted to get something smaller. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Dude. Yeah. And told the real estate agent that he would drive by on his way home from work. She suggested a listing, and he's like, oh, okay, I'll drive by on my way home from work. Oh, my God. Okay. Same day he killed them. Wow. Yeah, talk about waste no time. Talk about psychopath. I think it's really interesting that, well, the girl that we liked for five minutes, we're over that now. <laughs> um, She's all trying to figure out how to get a book deal. Yeah. And he's wondering how do i know how am i supposed to have feelings yeah yeah that that seems like the difference between psychopath and sociopath right i don't know i'm talking out of my butt but well neither of them are great at empathy i mean there's some people that would say there really isn't a difference between the two it's all kind of well, I same. thought there was. I thought one of them focused on self. No, they both do. I don't remember. There's a difference. Just look it up, people. Don't well at me. I'm just kidding. Right. You can at me. Please at me, actually. My, you know, well, someone who is a psychopath is... Uh, someone who's a sociopath is, like, incredibly self-interested but wouldn't necessarily murder someone. Do everything that they can to... Someone who's a psychopath is like, well, I mean, I had to kill them. They were in my way. Yeah, so Homeboy is a psychopath. Maybe Homeboy is a psychopath. Maybe uh, Homegirl is a sociopath. Yeah, Kessinger sounds like she's maybe missing an emotion or two. Yeah. And I guess we need to do the... up in the empathy loop. I guess, well, in 2004, how old were you? Uh, 18. Okay, so that's probably why Lacey Peter... I remember that case really well. I, I can... I I recognized the name as soon as you said it, but I, yeah, I don't know anything about it. It was a pretty well-publicized case. Um, he had the same sort of thing going, like, oh my god, where's my wife? I don't know where she is. Um, big, big production. Right. And he definitely killed her. Gotcha. Well, um, and so always did it. Always, husband always does it. (laughs) So, WebMD. What? What's the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath? (laughs) It's like, what are we? Are we looking up your symptoms? Well, it is where I get all my medical advice. Right. So, antisocial personality disorder yeah. is the official name in the DSM. The Diagnostic Statistical Manual, something like that. Mm-hmm. D- DSM, I think we're on five or six, I forget. It's been a while since I took psych classes. I'm... Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Gotcha. I'm a little rusty. 
uh, key. Oh, thanks for the pop-up when I'm trying to read. Jeez. I know. Rude. I hate the internet. I, it's like really acting kooky. Mm -hmm. um, a key difference between psychopath and sociopath is whether he has a conscience. Mm. A psychopath does not have one. If he lies to you so he can steal your money, he won't feel any moral qualms, though he may pretend to. He may observe others, then act the way that they do so he's not found out. A sociopath typically has a conscience, but it's weak. He may know that taking money is wrong, and he may feel some guilt or remorse, but that won't stop his behavior. Mm. Um, they are not always violent. Mm -hmm. Although they can be. Mm-hmm. At worst, they're cold calculating killers. Others are skilled at climbing their way up to the corporate ladder, even if they have to hurt someone to get there. So, yeah, that's why our country's run by psychopaths. I can't even go there. Yeah, that'll be another podcast. So, I would say not ours. <laughs> he definitely fits the psychopath category if he's having to look up what am I supposed to feel? Yeah. How do I know what to feel? Like he's mimicking. So a psychopath will mirror other people's behavior. Yeah. Because they literally don't know what it feels like. Yeah. They have no empathy. Where a sociopath may have some, they may have like an inkling of what feelings are. They're just not very good at them. Mm -hmm. And they probably care more about what they want than you know feelings yeah feelings are like i don't know a side dish they don't want yeah but yeah. it's all under that umbrella of antisocial personality disorder yeah i don't know people you don't want to hang out with right yeah ixnay on Antisocial personality disorder. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's Chris Watts. He's a real dick. Yeah, sounds like it. Please do not write to him in prison. No, don't write to any convicted felons. I don't know. Don't. I mean, you can do that, but well, don't fall in love with a murderer. Yeah, I so. I know a woman who met her ex-husband while visiting someone else in prison. Oh, okay. I was like, how did that happen exactly? <laughs> so she was going to visit a friend in prison who was there. It was a minimum security prison, so it wasn't like, you know, he didn't murder somebody. He was there for like DWI or something like that. Not that that's no big deal, but, you know. He didn't murder a, two kids and a pregnant lady. Yeah. Um, and his celly <laughs> noticed her mm -hmm. and was like, hey. Who dat? <laughs> who dat? And can I get her digits? <laughs> like her address. And so then she started coming and visiting both of them mm -hmm. and writing letters back and forth. And when he got released, they ended up he got released and moved in with her and her two kids. They eventually ended up married. And I'm sure this is not going to be a huge surprise, but it did not work out. Um, yeah. 
that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't recommend that. Yeah. Like, if you're going to get fixed up by a friend, ideally, not your friend Sally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe, like, that's taking neighbor to an extreme that's probably not going to be in your best interest. Yeah. I mean, there's always a chance of wrongful conviction, of course, but maybe at least wait until they're out. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So, that's my cheerful story. Well, how lovely. Mm. What a great way to launch back into the podcast of the new year. With a little murder. (laughs) Anyway, so my friend Holly was telling me about my my twitter friend she was telling me about the she gained a real appreciation for the art of asking open-ended questions watching the chris watts investigations oh yeah because it is an art to ask open-ended questions without being leading like in in the case of a detective i would think that and i would have to verify this with the detective I don't know that you would necessarily, you do want to direct them to a certain extent. Yeah. Right? I do think it's different than what I do. You want to focus their attention to a particular topic or in a, you, I guess more specifically than a particular topic, but you also want to do it in a way that you have to be very careful that you're not putting words in their mouth because then they can say, well, you coerced that. Yeah. And then whatever they said is then not going to be admissible or. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Detectiving seems hard. Yeah. Not like on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Have you ever watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I have not. Kevin and I are watching through it right now. It's really great. It's I you, think it's better than I mean, it's the same guys that do like Parks and Rec and Oh, I'd probably that, like it. Yeah, then. yeah, no, but I think it's better than all of the shows that they've done. I think most things that are shows on TV that mimic real life look a lot easier than they really are. <laughs> Especially comedies, you know. But anyway, so Anywho, do you know what you're talking about next time? Oh, I guess I'm going to continue on that uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren train. Um, I liked that rhyme. That was good. Um, (laughs) When my husband listened to that episode, he told me that we were fucked. Why? Oh, because we, he's like, they're They're beloved. Their fans are crazy. He's like, you're going to get hate mail. I was like, I don't care. I mean... Come at us, because, I mean, nobody, like, <laughs> nobody talks to us online, so, like, come at us. I We had one comment recently that was like, please don't upload reruns, just don't upload an episode if you're not going to. <laughs> I was like, okay. Or you noted. could just not listen. I mean, I'm just trying, you know, we're kind of, we're still a relatively new podcast, and we're just trying different things. I mean, we went on hiatus and didn't upload an episode for three months or whatever it was. And we lost a lot of listeners. So I was like, well, maybe if we keep the momentum going, then maybe we'll 
keep more people. I don't know. And maybe people hadn't listened to, you know, it's whatever. Can't please everyone. Well, and here's the thing. You don't have to listen. But I'm even, even with, I mean, I don't really consider that super negative feedback or anything. But I, it was it's just like, fine. I just, I'm like, like, nobody's making you listen. True. Yeah. But even with that, like, I'm like, I was thrilled to get a comment on the Facebook. So. Yeah. I that's mean, always nice. Yeah. That's appreciated. <laughs> yeah. I don't care what you say. Come at me. Ed and Lorraine Warren fans. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wadsworth fans. Yeah. Wadsworth has finally chilled. Yeah. That he was like, did he, he was get very the, rambunctious today? He getting the catnip before I came over? What I was going know. on with him? I have no idea. I mean it's it's a it's a thing every day. If Emily's not here, he is all up in my business. <laughs> well, he's a man with a plan. Yeah. He just needs attention. Get all the love. Mm-hmm. Well, reunited because it feels so good. Woo! Now we have. Now that song's gonna be in my head all night long. Reunited because it feels so good. Wait, it's and it, never mind. Whatever. What? Um, <laughs> we're podcasters, not musicians. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I'm gonna call it. Thank you, Braden Henzi, for our intro and outro music. Woo! Yes, thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, um, for your patience. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, we we both work full time jobs, so it's like super hard sometimes. And we really appreciate you guys keeping keeping on that creepy club train. I'm keep talking about trains. I don't. I don't now on. you're gonna you gonna play some Ozzy Osbourne crazy train later. <laughs> <laughs> a great song. i don't know it just yeah this 2019 was bananas oh yeah in so many ways oh yeah it was a really challenging year on a lot of fronts i my greatest wish for 2020 is chill <laughs> just chill yeah yeah yeah, I, I feel like there was a lot of not drama, just activity, mm, there was busyness. A lot, of, a lot of drama for me in particular. Well, you, yeah, you had some major life event things. I mean, I had a knee surgery that was a little, that was a little dramatic, but, mm. um, and some job changing things, but it would just, it felt really hectic. Like yeah. the cadence of the year felt like I was doing like speed walking all yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm hoping I, for more I of a that. stroll. Yeah. So good riddance 2019. Hello 2020. It will be the year of Creepy Club. Okay, last thing. Yes. Do you make resolutions? Um, I guess they're more like... Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm really liking the idea of vision boarding. Do you know about this? Of course. So I'm thinking about. I'll just go ahead and say it on the podcast. I'm thinking about having a vision board party where people come over and we talk about our vision boards. I totally have a stack of magazines. I'm ready. Yeah, I, I was thinking, 
should I have people make their vision boards here or should I have them make them on their own time and then we come together and share them so it's not so stressful for me setting up like a crafting station yada yada I don't know well I can work that out later but anyway um for people that don't know you basically just arts and crafts a I, I you know and like I, I think I'm of the philosophy of like your vision board can be whatever you want it to look like and some people cut out pictures from magazines or print out pictures or whatever and put it on there but the the main idea is to share it and 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 these these things that you're putting on your vision board are things that you want to have or achieve in that year or whatever timeline I don't know uh and then you share it with other people out loud and then you put it in a place that's highly visible to you every day so you're seeing it every day and you're like those are my goals it's like visual setting intentions plus a visual. Yes, exactly. So I'm like into that and I I want to do that and I've been thinking about what I want to put on my vision board. One of them is kind of um a career change. <laughs> um I don't really want to go into a whole lot of detail on that, but uh I forget what the other ones are. Oh, like I don't know, growing our podcast, that's probably one of them. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> starting another podcast um which seems impossible at the moment um yeah what about you um i'm more a fan i love the vision board idea it's much more uh it's an uncharacteristically kind of hippie activity for me yeah but it seems like up your alley though because it's like arts and crafts <laughs> well yeah there's glue and art involved so i'm down um but i do believe in the power of setting intentions not that i don't think it's like um you know if if i wish i'm gonna wish something into existence but i think it's kind of like if you remind yourself to stay focus towards a goal you're more likely to achieve it yeah you know if you have visual reminders of those things and it helps you stay excited about it and yeah, to yeah. keep it front of mind mm -hmm. um but so for me uh i'm more a fan of kind of themes versus resolutions yeah okay yeah i like this. so for what's the theme for your 2020 so for 2020 i want to bring art every day back oh yeah i've done this one before mm -hmm. and i did it really well and so that's how me and my friend holly on twitter connected mm -hmm. um she's also a visual artist and i'm you know that was my side hustle for a long time and i think i got a little burned out because it was my side hustle sometimes yeah. when you side hustle stuff it starts to suck the joy out of it right and so we've been using like um, drawing prompt generators and things like that. She's really focused on working on her digital painting skills and those sorts of things. And I'm wanting to do a mix of um, digital fine art and then user experience stuff. So things that if you're not in that industry will make no sense, like wireframes and prototypes and things like that, which are... A type of design so 
just kind of a mixture of those things, but just to make sure that I'm keeping those skills fresh and my photography as well, just to keep that in there daily, because I think it's an important, my self-care in 2019 slipped hard. Yeah, I'm feeling that. I mean, lately I've been super anxious about, you know, it doesn't matter, but yeah, I need I need to figure out a way to get off that anxiety train. <laughs> For example, at four o'clock today, I realized I had not fed myself. Oh, damn. Yeah, like I just keep forgetting to do things like feed myself. Mm-hmm. But just to be generally more mindful of self care, and for me, art is therapy in a lot of ways. So mm-hmm. that's great. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So that's my that's my theme. Great. So art art and self-care. That's that's my theme. Yeah. Sounds great. Okay, so we'd love to hear your resolutions. Yeah, like uh let us know what your theme for the year is, what your vision board has on it, what are your resolutions, what are your goals? Mm-hmm. What's your 2020 gonna be like? The ideal 2020. Uh, also, uh, hit us up if you have any ghost stories or stories about aliens or if you have a weird connection to true crime or anything like that, um, hit us up at creepy club pod on Twitter or email us at creepy club podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash creepy club podcast or follow us on Instagram at creepy club podcast. You can follow me at Rispoomba, R-I-S-B-O-O-M-B-A-H, or you can follow Heidi at Creepy Club Heidi. Um, if you need show notes for this episode, sometimes we put pictures up or, um, I don't know, links and stuff to our sources, you can go to www.creepyclubpodcast.com. I don't know why I keep saying www. Anyway, um, rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh Leave us a comment on Facebook. Hit us, hit, slide into our DMs on Instagram. Uh, just, just shout, shout out. Let us know you're listening. Um, and thank you for listening. Indeed. You're super great. Happy New Year. And hopefully we will get back on our regular schedule soon. We love you. Thank you for listening. Meeting adjourned. See ya. See ya.